It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected plush premium interiors, and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota, the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years, with a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, dear gas prices, do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota hybrids. Find yours at toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, CY 2000 through 2021 sales. Everton go into the top four of the Premier League. That sounds really nice to say with 12 games to go of this season. They made hard work of it tonight against West Bromwich Albion, but they did it. It's three wins in a row. It's three clean sheets in a row. The Blues are on the march towards the Champions League. Uh, didn't feel like that at times tonight, did it, lads? But uh, we are where we are. Mark Mosey and Dave Downey join me. Dave, you just talking us through your, your your movements in the in the last few moments of that goal. And I, I know people will be disappointed to see the flat caps not on. You haven't brought the emergency one with you. But uh, you said your board spot was sweating at the end there. <laughs> It's made it absolutely poorer with sweat. Ah. I feel I feel like I've been playing myself that last that last ten minutes. I just couldn't keep still watching it, and um, I'm, I'm in work watching it. And when when that when it looked like we they equalised, I mean one hell of a finish by the way from the lad. Um, I thought that that's the season that because you it does feel like we're constantly on this knife edge with 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 Everton, doesn't it? Feeling like it it, it feels like we're on that sort of the precipice of doing so well but then when stuff like that happens you realise how soon and how quickly it can be taken away from you within a heartbeat and and we're living life through that prism at the moment and it's dead dead hard um, I think for us as fans because we're not there 
to cheer them. We're not there to sort of give them a kick up the backside or drag them over the line. We, we actually have to put our faith in these lads that have unfortunately over the years let us down so often. So it's it's such a difficult emotional experience. But uh, to get over the line, to breach the top four after 26 games for us mm. uh, is is just incredible. We're 12, we're 12 games away, um, which, is, which is crazy when you think about it. You think about the good start, but you also think about the ridiculous defeats we've suffered, you know, the double done over us by Newcastle, things like that. And and we've had to go some, I think, to rectify those games. Winning at Anfield, winning at Leicester, winning at Spurs, the great points at Old Trafford. Um, the, the thing that they're doing this season is what they've never done, and that is make up for the stupid games where they've dropped points. Yeah. And and I think tonight that might well be the first time we've done a double over tonight, that in, in West Brom, which I think which is a bit mad, I think. I'm not sure if I'm right or not in saying that. Um but what, what an incredible sort of journey we're on with them. Uh, and let's face it, we played a side that was so, so poor. I thought they were okay in patches tonight, but in general, they've been dreadful this season, West Brom. And, you know, with, with that fella at the helm, you just think it was written in the stars that these nicked this away from us. Great, great to see him fuming at the end, wasn't it? Oh, it was lovely, just, yeah. The, the, the cherry on the cake, looks, wasn't it? <laughs> he, looks, he looks awful as well, doesn't he, at the moment with the, I know none of us look great at the minute with yeah. haircuts and shaves and all that, but he didn't look good, Sam. Uh, fuming in the uh, in the Midlands sort of mist as it descended on the Hawthorns. And very poetic, actually, I felt. Um, <laughs> him fuming about Everton when he had the most blasé attitude you could ever expect from a human being when he was in charge. There's something quite nice about that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in, incredible. That we're, I'm not going to say incredible performance. I thought we were quite poor in general, but I thought we kept at it. We looked like a side that felt like they were entitled to win this game, uh, and that's 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 another key thing that's been missing both pre Ancelotti and mm. at certain times under Ancelotti. You felt there's a the inferiority complex, and I wrote something for our website a few weeks ago about this, talking about that you know it's not completely eradicated under Ancelotti because I think it takes a hell of a lot of work to get rid of whatever it is that we've been suffering from for years, but there are signs that it's it's slowly seeping away. Um, and tonight's another one. Going there and winning that game when it looked it looked quite it, it was such a tight game. Yeah. If West Brom won it, I don't think any of us could sit here and say they didn't deserve it. Um, and the fact we've we it's fallen on our side, we've we've rolled the dice and our numbers have come up. Um, that doesn't happen to us. We don't win at Anfield. We don't get a last minute equaliser at Old Trafford. We don't win at Spurs. We're doing all the things that we don't do, and and that's what's exciting now. Yeah. Um, I feel as if we've shed the skin quite a bit this season. Whatever, whatever comes to pass, you know, twelve games to go. You, you tell me, Everton in with the shouts, a big chance of getting the Champions League place. What a season that is! We might not do it, but it's but it's been about the journey for me. Whilst we haven't been able to go to games, watching Everton do well, albeit from the comforts of our armchairs or wherever it may be, it's. It's been an area of solace for me in this lockdown because we've been able to enjoy our team for the first time yeah. in, in probably many of our lifetimes. And that's the abiding thing I'm going to take from this right now. But I'll tell you something, mate, they've, they've dangled the carrot now. They've probably, properly muscled them the way in, in between all of these top sides. Can they sustain it? How big's Monday now as well? Oh, let's 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 save that for the weekend. Mark, talk us for your movements when that last minute goal went in. Then was disallowed, mate. 
Well, just to pick up on something Dave said, I think I look all right at the moment. Uh, <laughs> you've never not looked all right, you. But do you know what? We, you know, we, we, all, we all work on the premise that we've got faces for radio, Mark. You're, it's you're going to fix me hair, yeah. yeah. My wife's in earshot here and she cut my hair, Dave, so we'll be having some serious words after lockdown, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, can, it be, can it be any worse than when you, you did uh, 101? Oh no, absolutely not. Oh, let's, let's not let's not get into that now. Oh, my God. <laughs> um tonight's game, I I felt like it was the whole story of the first hour was just waiting for changes. And I think it, it felt very much like that in the first half as well, is that I was waiting for, for Everton to realise that we had to go to a diamond, we had to get Richarlison up top, and we had to get a slightly more creative midfielder on. Um I probably expected the Sigurds and change to come first but I thought there was total reason behind the Alan change as well uh, we needed structure in the middle we needed as I say to get Richarlison up top and to get back to that system which we started to grow into in, in Monday night's game um, and Gilfie Sigerson I think most of us watching all probably felt that for a game that so clearly needed a gifted technical footballer to unlock key moments he was always going to be the one for Everton um, Yes, because he was probably one of the only senior players on the bench. But he, that, that is everything we said about the fella on Monday after the Richarlison assist. That's why he's in the squad. That's why he's a footballer, to, to in those moments, provide one moment of quality to win you a game. Uh, and I think that every every change tonight, including the Josh King one that where we bring him on late on, and don't necessarily bring a defensive midfielder or a defender on. And yes, I know the squad is limited, but... It was said in commentary as well that if Everton can keep high up the pitch and keep the press on, then West Brom are dreadful. They, they, don't, they don't know how to transition the ball quickly up the pitch, get in behind Everton and cause problems. If West Brom are going to score a goal tonight, it looked like it did at the end there, pumping one in the box, feeding off a scrap, and yes, a good finish. But I think for, for all of the, the bad luck that Everton have had in, in these pivotal moments of seasons in years gone by, let, let's ride that wave if, while it's going in our favour. Um, I, I think David the nail on the head um, when he said that all Evertonians ever ask for in March, April is to just be there, just be in with a shout, just give us something to look at the Premier League table with, what is it, 11 or 12 games left to go and think, we are in this. Um, and yeah, you can say that Everton have marched into the top four. I mean, I think we've we've kind of fell arse over tip backwards into <laughs> If we are, Everton have played badly, I think. Well, probably a bit harsh with the derby, but we have not played well for three games now. We've won every one of them and kept clean sheets in every one. If that is not the setup for a perfect end of the season, I don't know what it is, because technically we all know that this team has got a lot more to give, got a lot more players to come back. One of them is James Rodriguez. So there is there is so much promise for this seat, for this team going into the last stage of the season. And to, to say now in the middle of March that, that we are in fourth place with every game looking like one that Everton are going to cause problems in, then I think that's all we're here for. Yeah, magnificent. So Dave has just disappeared. I don't know if he's still there. He is. He's no, back, I'm still here. Back, back again now. Uh, I thought we were going to have like another Anfield post-match thing on our hands then where he just disappeared from the chat. <laughs> but, um, the same it must be a lucky charm. But um, yeah, do you know what, Dave? I think, I think Mark's right in regards to... I was sort of sat there thinking this is going to hinge on how well the subs do when they eventually come on. And you can say the manager 
made good subs, but I think he probably made the only subs he could make in regards to personnel. Uh, interestingly, brought the core off, uh, left Bernard and, and Gomez on. I thought that was, I think, a Wobi coming off as well was was a bit of a surprise at, at that point in the game, albeit he wasn't having a great game. But I think credit to Alan and Sigurdsson because it's it's one thing coming on and being asked to do something and change the game, but it's another thing coming on and actually doing that. And I think both of them had a, a really positive impact for us when they came on. Oh, massively so, yeah. Alan in particular, I thought it was fantastic when he came on. He he's he's just like a pit bull in the midfield. Looks even more like one, doesn't he? With um, with with the bald head now, which is really lovely. That story, isn't it? Because his uh, his young lad's got alopecia. He sort of shaved his head as well, which I think is a really lovely touch. But on the football pitch, he's an absolute demon, isn't he? He just loves it. Absolutely loves putting his foot in. Loves the physical challenge, even though he's quite a diminutive character, isn't he? In, in stature, um. And yeah, I mean, I didn't feel like we ever lost a foothold in the game. I felt like we got into that weird sort of state of mind where we felt we had to drop a bit um, because West Brom were in the ascendancy and flinging in a load of long balls. And like Mark said, I think he's spot on. There's no transition with them. It's sort of based on long diagonals and, and long passes up to the wide players and flinging it into the box at any opportunity. To me, that's bread and butter for for Keane and Godfrey, particularly with the form that the pair of them have been. But it still felt nervous. I think the players were nervous. And like, like I said, I don't think... The sort of the narrative that I'm, that's in my mind now with this side is, at certain times, I still see a vulnerability where it thinks it's not sure of itself. But for 99% of the rest of the time, they're on it and they know what's at stake and they're willing to puff their chest out for the first time. I mean... Let's face it, we've been down to the bare bones last couple of games, haven't we? Southampton and uh, West Brom. You look at how they've handled that, how Ancelotti's handled it. Um, you know, there's no Hammers, there's no Tom Davis, arguably being our best player, hasn't he, in the last few weeks, Tom? Not still not back in the squad. You look at the bench, it's nothing but kids and goalkeepers. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a real sort of I was gonna say to throw back to a David Moyes type of a show that we're putting on at the moment, but I don't think it is because Yes, it's the type of game that we, a Moyes side would probably go and win tonight, but I just feel as if that side would never go to an Anfield and win. That side would never take the three points against Southampton when it's down to literally 11 lads plus maybe one or two on the bench who you can rely on the rest there just to make up the numbers. Um, and what, what I'm seeing here, Matt, is, is something I've not seen from an Everton side, and that's belief. I've not seen that sort of belief in my lifetime. Look, the be former players people we class as friends as former players who would probably resent that a little bit but as a fan I don't think there's a side other than the one we're seeing under, under Ancelotti that goes there tonight and wins that under the circumstances the way the game played out um, it, it looked like it was a goal of straw all night long to me until Richarlison pops up and puts that in from well, a I great ball from I think as well, well, Dave, you could see that they'd had the extra couple of days rest, couldn't you? I think they, they, were, a lot, they were a lot sharper physically and more, especially early on. I thought it took us a while to sort of get yeah. into it. Well, the, 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 that, that game looked to me like we, the players were in this, the state that they were already on 60 when it kicked off. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and that's how it felt throughout all of it. Everything looked like a huge effort. Everything, it didn't come natural. The passing display wasn't great. Calvert Lewin misses that guilt edge opportunity in the first half, and I thought that was it. I thought that's that this is a game of such fine margins. We're going to be reduced to pot shots and trying to get crosses in, and that's what an Allardyce side likes, isn't it? They want you to cross the ball when you're on the attack. Um, 
and and for Sigurdsson of all people to be the figure that seems to be spearheading this uh, from from an assist and a goals point of view is quite phenomenal, really, isn't it? And <laughs> I saw a, a tweet from uh, from Rob Daniels the other day, and he said, "Look, this will still be an unpopular opinion, and Gilfie Sigurdsson could probably score a goal in every game to the end of the season, and he still wouldn't be liked, but." I think there's a point where we have to give him credit. Oh, massively the, so, massively. You look at the last three games, Matt, he's done what he's been in the side to do, is to either score or assist. Got the assist tonight. An incredible assist, it has to be said. If, if that's Hammers the other day against Southampton, we're all drooling and talking about it now. And the derby penalty, which he's cool, you know, he's cool enough and, and, and comfortable enough to slot away. Um, I think we're at a stage now where you know, you have to start giving the lad credit because it must take something. He's not blind. He'll see the way he's thought of by Evertonians. And so many of us have wanted him gone for years gone by. It's, it'd be typical football and almost a, a typical Everton way of breaking this duck into the Champions League. If it's a player that we all absolutely derided at some stage that actually gets us there. And look, I tell you what, if it ended right now, Gilfie Sigurdsson would be up there in terms of the people that have brought us Champions League football. So if he's able to sustain this till the end of the season, coming off the bench tonight, by the way, which isn't easy in a game like that, you have to doff your cap to him. And um, he's, been, he's been great So recently. And they all have, there's a belief, there's a general feeling that we can do this. I, I look at them and I think, as I watch Michael Keane a lot for some reason. And his body language, his his facial expressions, his leadership on the pitch. He wants this. He desperately wants this. And he thinks we can get it. You can tell by his celebrations. You can tell by how he conducts himself in that back line. This is on. This is definitely on for us. Maybe famous last words, yes. And we're sitting there, having finished eighth at the end of May, and we're in the Europa Conference, for fuck's sake. But right now, this is on. Well, yeah, just just on, on that determination about Keane as well, don't go into him too much because there's other heroes, really. But I think Godfrey had a bit of a ropey game tonight. But I think after we scored, you could just see he, he wanted to win that football match more than anyone else on that pitch. He was unbelievable in those last 20 minutes. Really, really good. But, but Mose, you spoke about Sigurdsson on, on Monday in regards to, you know, you'd either play him as, as a number 10 or, or not at all. And I think there was a bit of that again tonight, wasn't there? I think if, if you get him on the pitch in good areas or you get him on set pieces or, you know, a second ball from a set piece as it was tonight, that, that he can produce moments of quality. And I remember after the, the Sheffield United game on Boxing Day, when I think you, you lads were all on the, the post-match with me then, and we all sort of said that, if he, you know, we scored that night. We said, if he, if he can produce five goals or five assists between now and the end of the season that are decisive for us in winning matches, then that's all you want from Sigurdsson because he is a player at moments. He's not going to dominate football matches. And he's well on his way to doing that. Just having a look at the, the stats already there. In his last uh, eight games for us, he's contributed to uh, eight goals, so five assists and, and three goals. And, and that's that's all you want from Gilfie Sigurdsson, isn't it? He's making those impacts at crucial moments for us. At Baker's, we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring you food that's fresher than fresh. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself. Because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Bakers. Bakers, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at bakersplus.com slash boost. Yeah, they've described an awkwardness about seeing 
a player who, uh, admittedly, most of us have, have pretty much hated uh, most of the time doing well. Uh, one of the joys of sitting in the park end is that we ate all the players. <laughs> so, always going to feel like that anyway. Uh, but yeah, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, m- most of the most of the negative feelings we've had about Gilfie Sigerson have been surrounding his application. Um, he is he is ultimately a, a style of player in a very niche position where. In reality, we should never be talking about his application. We don't talk about the set, the, the things that Sigurdsson is is bad at when we talk about James Rodriguez or any other sort of gifted attacking footballer in this league because they should be doing so much good on the ball that we don't even have to we don't even have to think about him picking the ball up off centre halves, which we've seen, and and dropping back in in a flat midfield three. It's absolutely not where we want to see him. Um, it, it's totally justified some of the some of the arguments that we've had about Sigurdsson with regards to to effort and attitude in the past. But he, he's the type of player who who lives for these runs of form. And Richarlison is is exactly another one as well. Um, we, we know that the perfect situation for him is that situation that he found himself on Monday night. 20 yards out from goal, runners ahead of him, time on the ball to pick a pass. There's very few players better in the league at doing it. Uh, And Everton's job now and Carlo Ancelotti's job is to put him in those exact positions. And you can argue long and hard about whether you should have to put that much effort in to a footballer and design in that role for him. But if you are able to put him in those positions, the rewards are are countless. Quite simply, Everton don't win these football games if we haven't got people like him to unpick these certain moments. Um, just to go back to, to something interesting, I thought that Dave mentioned about um, David Moyes and how Everton have, characteristically, we've always been one of those teams that are capable of grinding these sort of important 1-0 games out. And I think that the difference now for me is that David Moyes's perform- David Moyes' Everton side's got very, very similar results in these situations, but... I think stylistically, you, you saw an Everton team that were very much backs to the wall in those seasons. And the, the the thing that makes me confident, but also totally unnerved by Everton at the moment is that we look comfortable in the lead. We, we look like we're happy winning games and managing the games when we are sort of 1-0 up and not playing particularly well. And I think that that's, that's your Ancelotti factor. And I think the, the difference with those sorts of Moyes results that we've seen in the past is that it felt like nicking a goal and then backs to the wall defending. Whereas at the moment, and I'm sure this isn't the case, but it, it feels as though we're, we're very good at making the game tactically boring for 20-minute spells when we need to. If, if we are to nick a goal like we did tonight, or if we are to sustain 15 minutes of pressure, it, it looks as though we've got the know-how to just make 15 or 20 minutes go by without even thinking about it we said it in the Southampton game on Monday in that you're kind of looking around while the game's on and not really focusing on on what's happening and as much as we want a, an attacking and fast-flowing football team it, it can't always be like that you, you're not going to play well and play fluid football for 38 games but in those horrible spells where you're not playing great football like we've seen in the last seven days it's important that you pick six to nine points up like we have done. I think there's, there's a real strategy about how Everton churn out results at the moment. And that is everything that Carlo Ancelotti was was brought into this side to do. So I think that that pragmatic nature, as, as dull as it can be to watch as an Evertonian at times, it, it gets you into these exciting moments. So we don't come on this post-match to talk about intricate little bits of play. We come here to talk about Everton winning football games. And, and at the moment, we've 
we've never looked more adept at doing it. Yeah, I mean, ju- just to accentuate that point, Mark, I, th- I think everybody stood in awe at Jamie Carragher's dissection of how we played Liverpool uh, in terms of converting from a back four to a back five. Seamus Coleman sort of basically playing Andy Robertson out of the game. I think then, and only then for some people, it really comes to fruition how much of a masterful tactician we have as our manager. Mm. I think in games like Southampton the other night and tonight against West Brom, you're, you're looking at a manager who's mastered this craft of making matches about fine margins because he knows inevitably, and the, the, there was a sense of inevitability at certain points, that it'll fall his way because he knows ultimately with a better team in those matches. It's hard to explain, but when, when I look at it like that Southampton game, he, he, he was quite happy for it to be about one, two, maybe three moments across the entire 90. And if they went Everton's way, they, we'd win the game. And I think he's drilled these players into knowing that that's all it takes at the moment when you're down to the bare bones. When you, when you haven't got your star players who are able, you know, Carvalhoon, not on form, it has to be said, but that's for another time. When that's happening, your number nine isn't fighting, your number nine isn't scoring a guilt edge chance like he had tonight. Or when you haven't got Hammers there to unlock unlock a back, a back forward defence that's been stubborn all night. He'll make it about that one scrappy chance you get. He'll make it about, well, we're certainly not going to lose this game because I've got that much confidence in our back line of midfield to hold firm. That I know if I can get that chance, if I can create that moment for an Everton player, he's instilled a belief in these lads that they can go out and get it. They can go out and have that one moment in a game. The rest of it then falls in line, doesn't it? He's drilled the defence. He's drilled the midfield. It's three consecutive clean sheets. The goalkeeper all of a sudden is looking like the one that we bought for 30 million quid. These aren't coincidences. This this is a master of his craft that we have at the helm here who's able to get that sort of lift out of his players. I mean, you know, your, your motivation, your inspiration there, if you're on that pitch and you look up and you see Carlo Ancelotti standing there sipping a cup of coffee, that he doesn't look like he's got a care in the world. That's the ultimate faith you can probably have as a footballer. And a lot of these lads, well, all of these lads, probably Luca D in the side, maybe Gomez, have an experience Champions League football, but they've played under a world-class manager. Except for them, everyone else must be stood there thinking, this fella's got faith in me. What more do I need? What, what more do I need to excel at what he's asked me to do? And then all of a sudden, they'll find it easy. They'll find it comfortable. And, and the way they've managed games to a man has been exceptional. And it's mm. been done with confidence. It hasn't been done with caution. It hasn't been done with, oh, God, you know, we best get every man back on the line here. You look at some of those instances tonight, ball gets flung into the box. We've got two or three players waiting on the edge of our own to break because they'll have left maybe one or two players back when they're trying to get an equaliser at the last minute. He knows what he's doing. And I guess I'm trying to convince myself here to calm down <laughs> when, when I'm watching us in these matches, but it's not going to happen. Happen because we know Everton, but the important thing is Carlo doesn't know Everton, and yeah. and that's that that's a really wonderful thing right now, isn't it? It's it's an interesting dynamic between Ancelotti and the club because I I think this last week has probably been the first time that it, it feels as though everyone's aware that this is a Carlo Ancelotti side now, and I think up until this point it's just been Everton, but Carlo Ancelotti's been the manager. 
But now, I mean, you, you singled out our own players and there's that feeling of it's not invincibility because we'll never quite get to that. But there, there is an assurance about these lads in particular when they're leading in games. I think you go back season tonight and there was times where West Brom were getting into sort of our defending corners in the last 15 minutes. And yeah. I was just waiting for our fullbacks to put reckless tackles in and concede, concede nothing free kicks and then for Everton to be under pressure. And th- th- it feels as though there's that confidence in themselves that they can just allow play to continue. And yeah. we, we will be quite happy defensively. Uh, and you're dead right in that players get into those situations. And if you're an Everton player tonight after 75 minutes, they haven't actually played that well, but you've seen a, a technically gifted player come on and someone as, as fantastic as Richarlison is get a goal. You instantly think we're fine here because th- this is what our manager does. We, we've seen it in, yes, better teams than ourselves in years gone by, but... The, the magic is all in the man. And, and it, he is now, what are we, 18 months on, finally being able to inject that into, into our own players. And I think just to go that one step further, yes, they're not technically very good, West Brom, but if, if you see, it, it, I think we're, we're now at that stage where if Carlo Ancelotti's Everton go ahead in the game, you're instantly, as you rightly said, Dave, looking over to the touchline, you just think you, you're going to need a little bit more to beat this Everton team than it's ever needed previously. Um, and, and whether that is just us totally investing emotionally in the man, but I, I think it's I think it's much more than that. I think there's a there's an intelligence about what he's done with this team tactically that means that everyone, media, fans, players, we're all aware that this is a totally different animal. Yeah, I think as, as well, it's it's as much as the manager deserves loads of credit, it's, it's belief in each other. Yeah. And, you know, th- those players on the pitch can look across to the centre-back, centre-mid, strike partner next to them and go, we've been to Anfield and won. We've been to Tottenham and won. We've been to Leicester and won. We've been doing this consistently since, was the last time we lost away from home? First of Newcastle, was it? First of October, was that? Or something mad like that? You know, it's, yeah. it's a ridiculous run. And I think when you're in that position and maybe the game isn't going well and you're not playing well like it was tonight, you've got that belief that... We could probably keep a clean sheet here because we've been doing that for ages away from home now. And if we do get a chance, one of our really good centre-forwards is going to yeah. score it. Because while they've not probably been informed together this season, which is you know an exciting prospect, it seems that when one of them has dropped off and had a bad game, the other one's stepped up. And just before we go on, speak about Richarlison, because we haven't even mentioned him yet. He scored the, <laughs> scored the winning goal tonight. I think what was really impressive for me about the way in which the he saw out the game tonight and... You know, going back to that belief in each other and, you know, that, that sort of camaraderie they've all got is that that team on the pitch at that point was not set up to defend the lead against West Brom. I think I think when you when you make a change like that, you bring on Sigurdsson, you keep Bernard on the pitch, you've got Gomez on there as well. Uh, you've got Alan who's coming back from an injury, you've got two centre forwards on. It like that, that change worked so quickly because it was an attacking change just to go and win the game. You think, right, you might score an 80, 85 or something like that. When it works straight away, all of a sudden you've got a load of lads on the pitch there who can't really defend and can't really run in midfield. So it's like, well, we're asking them to do a job here. You've got no Davis on the bench, no Delph, whether you like him or not, as a midfielder on the bench. You've got no Seamus Coleman. All your options are gone all of a sudden to stiffen that midfield up and get legs on there. So I think the way in which they were all quite canny in getting through that point in the game was was really interesting as well. And like I said, I thought Godfrey was immense in, in those last 20 minutes. He, he was absolutely fantastic. But uh, on, to, on to Richarlison, Dave, um, I think, sort of speaking 
on shows this week and saying that I always felt as though that if Everton were going to have any sniff of a top four, that he would have to come to the party at some point. And, and my word, as he come to the party in the uh, the last few weeks, his, his movement was great in behind again tonight as well, as a, as a couple of chances in the first half, doesn't he? And fantastic in the air and just just that, that swagger about him again, that nastiness about him, that he just looks like a player who's believing himself again. Yeah, it feels a bit like he's sucked his way into form, doesn't it? You, you, know, <laughs> you think about that miserable, angry demeanour that he's got. Um, doesn't doesn't quite size up, does it, when he's playing poorly? It's sort of like we all look at each other and think, is he actually bothered here? But uh, my word, I mean, as he delivered in the last three games, if you, well, last four, isn't it? I think he scored consecutive four games on the spin. Six and six now he's got in all competitions. Yeah, and we were all sat there when we you know, what, three, four weeks ago saying, you know, I've seen people saying, do we, do we cash in on him in the summer? But he's proven time and again, this this real resilience where he just generally doesn't give a shit, does he? And and, and, I, and I love that about him. I see him on, you know, you see him on his social, you see him doing things. Someone put a picture up of him out walking his dog in a pair of flip-flops when it was minus five. Yeah. You know? I mean, it was everything kit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah there's everything shorts on at Crosby Beach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like he, he just he's a he's a very unique character, isn't he, Richarlison? I, I think he's a bit of an enigma when it comes to his character and his personality and stuff like that. I can imagine him to be into some really weird shit, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> as long as he's uh, as long as he's delivering for us, um, even even in his darker moments, because I still wouldn't say he's hit top form by any means, because Everton haven't been on form. We haven't been able to supply him. Uh, as much as we'd like to but then going back to what I said before you made it about those individual moments in games and he's that good and he's that clinical when he's on song that he's able to take those chances I would dare to say in a much more prolific way than Dom who mm. I feel has been off the boil for quite a bit um, and again like I said that's probably a debate for another time but like you say they seem to dovetail perfectly to the point where if one of them won't get you the other one will and it, it's it's comforting in a way, isn't it? Because let's face it, he's not played as a natural nine for us uh, up until recently when he's playing alongside Dom. The pair of them look the perfect fit. They complement each other. You've got one who's fantastic in the air, the other one who's not far behind him in terms of how good he is in the air. The pair of them providing that threat must be a real headache for opposition managers when we when, when they're planning for uh, Evan to come to town and he seems to relish away games as well, in much the same way I put on Jamie Vardy's shoulders in recent years. You know, you think of a Jamie Vardy when the fans were there. He's constantly trying to wind them up when he scores goals. Doesn't run to his own fans. He's always like trying to go with other people, isn't he? That don't. He's doing that on Twitter. Does that on Twitter, doesn't he? As well, Dave, of opposition Correct. fans. Just Correct, Yeah, and that's what I mean about having this sort of devil may care attitude. You know, that doesn't really care much for anybody else. He cares about Everton and he cares about his own performance and uh, some lovely comments from Ancelotti this week about him as well, Matt, saying that, well, as long as I'm here, he'll always be here. Um, and and, and that's, that epitomises the type of player he is because when you think about going back to the manager again for a second, but you think about the personalities he's managed and you think about Zlatan and Ronaldo and people like that, for him to say those things about Richarlison, not normally the type of thing I, I pay attention to that, but when Ancelotti speaks highly of somebody, you listen. And I don't think he does it as a token gesture. I don't think he does it to get a rise out of them. I think he genuinely believes it. And, and that's what we're seeing, I think, from Richarlison, is that despite the fact he's had 
probably by his own standards, quite a, an average, below average type of season. The fact that he could be the man that fires Everton to the Champions League, it, it, it it's just another really good reflection on how everybody's feeling about having this man in charge of the football club. And um, he's, he's feeling the benefit of that, isn't he? When he's the one on the end of everything, he's the one who's getting that one chance and sticking it away. It's a brave header, by the way, tonight. It's a really good header. Looks like he's going to get clobbered by the keeper. Nods it home. And I mean, how important is that? I mean, he's he's a, he's a big game player. He's he's not somebody who shakes responsibility. Whereas others, you'd still question, possibly maybe go missing in games. Uh, even though we've been on this wonderful away run. Um, he's the one who likes it. He loves it. I think that's what... I, I honestly think it turns him on. I think he gets a kick. He gets a <laughs> kick out of... Cookie wants to be a professional wrestler. I'm Cookie Serratos and I'm 11 years old. She also wants to win all the medals. That's why Cookie and her family make every day count, squeezing out her best with Go-Go Squeeze. Okay, Cookie, let's break for a Go-Go Squeeze. Go-Go Squeeze fruit-on-the-go pouches are a nutritious snack made from 100% fruit with no sugar added. Go, Cookie! Because when you nurture your kids, you squeeze out the best in them. Squeeze out their best with Go-Go Squeeze. Not a low-calorie food. Products range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving. He gets a kick out of boil and piss yeah. uh, wherever he goes. He must be gutted that there's no fans right now. But I, th- I, I think that's probably had something to do with him just having a slow start yeah. to the season. I think I said the other week, it feels like he, he's needed something to, to he's motivate himself. Seeker, he's, he's an attention seeker, Matt. He's an attention seeker. He's a performer. And I think I think what, what he's done really well over the last few weeks to sort of give him a, an extra boost is by playing up front, he's just sort of looked at the centre-half and go, I'm going to fight you all day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get tight with you. I'm gonna run in behind you. I'm gonna scrap for the ball. I'm gonna, even though I'm not gonna win the headers, I'm gonna jump and try and knock you off, off balance. And I think that's, that's really helped. And just before you give your comments on, on Richarlison Mose, if you watch us on YouTube, give your shouts for man of the match tonight. We'll rattle through some before we finish off. Seen a lot of shouts for Luca Dean. People saying, thought he had a good game tonight, but there, there are a few really good individual performances. But, but yeah, it's been, it's been quite a turnaround, hasn't it, for Richarlison Mose? Remember, we, we were all very critical of him after that, the Fulham game and saying, you know, what, what's going on with him? He wasn't doing particularly well. But, but since then, he's just, just gone up to a different level, hasn't he? I think the, the frustration after that game in particular was that, as you guys have both said, the, the character is almost more important than the footballer when it comes to him. Um, we need that aggression. We need that fighter on the pitch. Um, and Dave said about the fact that Richarlison hasn't quite hit top form yet. I'm, I'm more and more with every passing game, I'm, I'm struggling to think what top form Richarlison actually looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, be, he's becoming one of those players that the form kind of goes out the window and he will be eternally judged by his goal return. Because as, for as much as he's got back on the score sheet against, against Liverpool and obviously Southampton and West Brom to follow, not played particularly well. But we're all talking about the Richarlison that we all know and love being back. And that is true. But it's because he's getting in front of goal and doing the business. And that is ultimately what, what people like yourself, Matt, have said for, for so long in that this lad is wasted out wide. And it's becoming more and more apparent with, with every time we go to that diamond formation, managed to get Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin up top. As you rightly said, it hasn't quite worked as a, as a combination so far. But... You are never far away from threatening an opposition goal when you've got both of those working centrally. Um, I, I don't want to see Richarlison getting anywhere near build-up play. He is arguably Everton's least important player when we're in possession until that key moment when he becomes the absolute pivotal moment of the pivotal part of the side, and that, that's what we want our our good attacking players to be. I, 
arguably Calvert-Lewin is probably a little bit more important to all of those build-ups and, and how we progress up the pitch. But if Richarlison doesn't touch the ball outside of the opposition's third, then I'm never really asked about that because he is such an impact player that we, we need to focus every attention we've got on getting him into those key positions. And as, as Dave rightly said, arguably, if you've got a, a striker bearing down on goal, you kind of want it to be Richarlison more than even Calvert-Lewin at the moment because he, he does have that confidence in front of goal. Um, Calvert-Lewin will obviously be upset with the, the opportunity that he had tonight, but I think we, we need to work on making that central two work. Um, whether that I know that that's the, the eternal sacrifice of all of our wide attacking players, but quite honestly, we haven't got a load of great ones. Um, Alex Iwobi will have to fit in somewhere else and, and Bernard doesn't ever look pivotal to Carlo Ancelotti's plans. So I think if we are to play to our strengths and play to the strengths of our key players, be they Alan, Hamez, and in particular Richarlison, then directing the ball centrally going forward has to be something that Ancelotti and Everton work on. Yeah, I think that's that's what makes them to such a multi-dimensional threat up front, I think. Because you, you think about the goals which Charleston scored in the last two games at Anfield <coughs> and against Southampton. You don't think you don't back Dom to score either of them in those positions, really, do you? You don't you don't fancy him to shoot across Allison and score that one at Anfield or go around Forster and, and tuck that away against Southampton. But uh yeah, it's good to have those different options. Just quickly, some of the uh, man of the match shouts. Uh, we've had uh Alan. From Andrew Millington, saying spot our defensive competence. Ian Clark, Keane, man of the match. Joseph Cooper, Richie, uh, Lee Ledbetter, Richarlison needs to be central there. He's our best natural finisher. Godfrey, another shout from John Haddock. Stephen Spencer, Pickford, man of the match for, for that save. Uh, Tyler Turner, Dina is a decent shout for man of the match. Uh, so loads and loads. maybe no one was a, was a nine out of ten, but a few eights and, and a few sevens in there. But uh, just just to, before we wrap up, lads, because I'm sure we're all desperate to go and watch our top four rivals in action now. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool against Chelsea. Uh, you mentioned Dave very briefly Monday and, and how important that is. It's um, if it, 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 I suppose you can look at it in two ways. You could say it's either going to be one of the biggest games we've had in many many years, or it's a, a bit of a free if for us going down there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Now because uh, obviously dependent on on the Liverpool Chelsea results, it, it's it's a neutral dream, isn't it? Everyone playing each other and all that sort of thing. But a goal in that game, by the way. There's what? Go on. Who scored? I I couldn't possibly tell you what team. <laughs> Your expression says it all, I think, Mark. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd still prefer a draw. So I would have been happy if it stayed nil nil. To be honest, but there we go. We uh, we, we hit. We hit in oh our hands, Timo Werner scored a goal. Bloody hell! Wow. <laughs> That's a complete shock from Bose there. Yeah, I mean, it's, look, tonight it's a big game, isn't it? In terms of the connotations, I mean, if I, I mean, if you. I don't mean to be negative or sound slightly negative, which might be a surprise to a lot of our listeners and a lot of my haters on their social media, but I'd absolutely bite your hand off right now for a draw on Monday night. Um, might well be our most difficult game of the season, I think, because these don't concede goals. Um, having said that, Manchester City had the same thing, didn't we? We put one past them at Goodison, albeit in a defeat. I think we've got enough to go there and get something. By no means do I fear this game at all. At all. Um I think the thing that they've struggled with, Chelsea, is actually scoring goals. And I think with the way we're defending at the moment, I'd, I'd tentatively back us to keep a clean sheet, um, which would mean then we take that sort of fine edge margin moment we've spent the whole pod talking about. Um, 
But yeah, the, I mean, the, the way the goal's been disallowed for offside. So. Oh, what a surprise. He's about five <laughs> yards onside, isn't he? But that, that suits me, Matt. I think we need to put our partnership yeah. to one side right now. Nil-nil would suit me absolutely fine. Um, nobody's talking about West Ham in any of this, Hardy, by the way. just yeah. Nobody's mentioned them at all. Uh, we've still got to go there too. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Monday I'm confident about it. Look, we don't have this away record. It's not down to luck. And we've, we've gone to sides better than Chelsea. And I'd probably include Leicester in that. I'd probably include Spurs in that. Old Trafford as well. I think Chelsea, is, as well as Tuchel's done so far, are nothing more than being solid. Um, I don't think he's pulled up any trees in terms of their attacking prowess. And, and that might well come to pass tonight as well. So I'm backing us to get something from the game. I don't think we'll lose on Monday, which would be huge for us regardless of the outcome of the others. And then you look at the runner fixes we've got then. I mean, the door should open wide uh, in terms of the chances Everton have got. Look, even if we were to lose on, on Monday, it's not the end of the world. Still got that game in hand away at Aston Villa. It's it's looking good. And, and I go back to what I said, it, it's definitely on. Yeah. How, how do you feel about it, Moe? Final words to you, mate, on this uh, big chance to end another streak, isn't it? I suppose you haven't wanted Stamford Bridge since 95, is it? 94, I think it was, wasn't it? 94. When Joe Royal came in. I just don't. I don't think we go anywhere in the Premier League at the moment with any elements of fear. Um, I've seen nothing from Chelsea at all this season that would make me think that Everton aren't capable of going there and getting a result. I mean, the, the amount of points that we've managed to accrue on the road is, is absolutely ridiculous, but it, it clearly suits this squad and it, it suits the players within it. So uh, the, the one thing that we've consistently done at Chelsea, and, and this probably counts for, for every top six club that we've, we've gone to in recent years, is that we've played within ourselves. And the Everton that we may have seen for three, four, five games before that game has totally gone out the window and it becomes into this regressive two banks of four, whatever it may be. All principles go out the window. And I I just don't feel like that's a thing that you'll see from any Carlo Ancelotti side, regardless of quality. And this is an Everton side that's got quality Mm. in the bottom. So, yes, the fear goes out the window, but there needs to be the just the expressive Everton side that we've seen in these away games this season. There'll be absolutely nothing come the first blow of the whistle that sends shivers down any of these players' spines because, as you rightly say, you you totally underestimate the power that going away and getting big results does because even if it's a subconscious thing, when when you're sort of 20, 25 minutes and yes, you may be a little bit under the cosh at a place like Stamford Bridge, there isn't that inherent feeling of doom on the horizon every time Chelsea come forward and if I picture Chelsea playing yeah. at Stamford Bridge in recent years all I can see is people like Eden Hazard and, and Mason Mount just carving through us and I, I don't I just for any Evertonian who can kind of envisage what Everton games look like I, I just don't see that happening on Monday um, yes I'll totally go back on all this at, at 10 o'clock on Monday night but the there's a faith not only from a fans towards the team, but there's that collective. You can almost see it when Everton players look at each other at the moment, and that they're not going to concede a goal from this set piece, or we're not going to bottle it with 20 minutes left. There is a trust with one another, and I think that all suits us absolutely down to the ground going into that game on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, positive stuff all around. Here's open still on the top four by the end of the night. 
Uh, and then we can go to Chelsea on Monday, smash them, and we'll look at a third or second. Who knows? We could be could be could be in the, the hunt for that. Um, like I think, like you said earlier in the week, Moses, there's no reason why Everton should be looking behind them at the moment. Mm-hmm. Let's look up and see what this team can do. Start to, time to start believing in these lads and Carlo Ancelotti. Cheers to Mark, cheers to Dave. If you want more from us, come and join us on Patreon, multiple Everton shows. Every single weekday, why wouldn't you want more of that? At the moment, the Blue's doing really well. It's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra if you want to join us over there. Hopefully, we'll see you over there. If not, we'll speak to you after that match on Monday against Chelsea for the instant match reaction. We'll speak to you soon. Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful. Not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University graduates 25,000 students yearly and offers more than 225 high-quality programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.